My investments has always been with young people and through art and science, we can inspire them to become ambassadors for the planet. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm very pleased to have my, and I can say this with real sincerity, sometimes it's a throwaway line, but my dear friend, Wyland. Hey Greg, uh, good to see you again, Good to see aloha. you, yeah, aloha. Yeah, we're over yeah. here on the North Shore and uh, you know, I've been living here about 38 years. And 38 I live right years. on the beach, so I've okay. been looking at this ocean and yeah. trying to use my art to bring the conservation. And I know you bring science, and you know we work together for the big picture. You know, I draw pictures, and and you discuss and and do research. Um, yeah. But we, I think us working together is is really important. Well, it was kind of a match made in heaven when we met. We immediately had chemistry. But then you asked me on the board of your uh, foundation, the Wyland Foundation, which right. does fantastic work around the world on uh, fresh water, on oceans. Uh, but most importantly, in my mind, it's, it's the communication part, Wyland. And right. you are so genuine. You are so excited. There's like a five-year, there's like a five-year-old. It's like a kid's job. Isn't energy, it? yeah. It's like yeah. I know we're lucky we get to be, we get to do what we want to as kids. But you, you know how to relate to people. You know how to relate to kids. And you also have taught me, actually I didn't know that much about it at the start, how important art is and how... Well, art uh, can bring the message like nothing else can. Well, in photography, which you do a lot of, and film and, and music, yeah, um, all the arts are so critical to bringing that message in a creative way. How did it happen for you? you? You told me the story, but I'd like our listeners to know that you, I believe you had a teacher, didn't you? Yeah, in I had a school first grade that did like teacher. that changed everything yeah. for you. Tell us that story. I had a first grade teacher that caught me kind of drawing in the back of the class, not really paying attention, and she uh, she kind of told me she wanted to see me after class, and I said okay, and I thought I was in trouble, and it turns out she was a bit of an artist too, and and we drew for about an hour, and my first grade art teacher said, Wyland, you could be a great artist. I kind of perked this up. This is a first grade? First grade. I mean, it really made a great impression on me. And uh, I believed her. So I just, uh, you know, I loved art. And I've been an artist since I was four. I used to do dinosaurs and Jurassic scenes. and But uh, I've never had to get a real job. I remember, you know, my mom, Darlene, said, <laughs> yeah, Are you going to get a job? You know, I was like 16. I said, I have a job. I'm an artist. And, and she went, Okay. This was good. Yeah. So, uh, but I did work really hard at uh, developing my art because I knew uh, the college that I wanted to go to was very expensive. The Art School Center for Creative Studies in Detroit it was founded by Henry Ford. So I knew I had to get a really strong portfolio, and I got a full scholarship. So you put your ideas, your dreams, out in the universe, and you kind of draw that towards you. So it was my idea to be an artist, and then came along Jacques Cousteau, who was one of your heroes. Yeah, yeah, too. got me going. Yeah. Yeah, and I said uh, I want to be Jacques Cousteau, but I'm an artist, and so what I really became is kind of a hybrid of those two people. And and Walt Disney was another hero. He said, if you can dream Walt it, Walt Disney, you can I didn't do know it. about that. Was he an artist? Oh, he was a great artist. I mean, I, yeah. I think I mean, about him more like the producer guy in the background. No, but, but he he could draw and he animated. But what he really was was a communicator. Yeah. Walt Disney. Yeah, he was a a poet and a communicator, and so was Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. So I was an artist that was born at the right moment in history when the environmental movement was starting. I had those two great icons, and uh, you know I took all that in because the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau and the the wonderful world of Disney were on back to back. So here I am, a young kid, a young artist, kind of watching these two, going, man, this is exciting. I want to be like these two guys. And lo and behold, I have a pretty good uh, lifestyle brand. That's 
pretty much what I became. You know, for our listeners, you know, we'll have, of course, full background bio on the website, but you, you are the number one ocean artist of our time, in my view. Thank you, and, uh, Appreciate you it. You distinguished yourself by doing life-size whales, I believe, yeah, monumental. Was, was your first, wasn't that your, that, yeah. you, you broke out by saying, okay, <clears throat> people have seen drawings and pictures of whales, but they've never seen them life-size. Right. So you said, I'm going to do them life-size, and where do you go to do a life-size whale? Well, what I decided that I, I would bring art and science together in a, yeah. in a big way. So I was painting uh, whales and dolphins and aquatic life, sharks and things uh, on traditional canvases, and I realized early on a light bulb went off as it does for scientists and artists sometimes. And I said, I need to paint these things life-size so people can really feel, you know, what it's like to be next to a whale. Now, not everyone's going to get to swim with a whale. We have, right. you know, and Sylvia Earle and, you know, other, other people, very few. Yeah. But to be able to paint these murals in the streets and street art on a grand scale, you really can't ignore them, and that was the whole point. If I could get my art, these giant whaling wall murals, in, in front of the public, I could raise awareness about not only the great whales, but the issues that face our ocean, the challenges that we face today. You've always combined the two, I know, the science, the, the, the mission, and then the impact, the emotional impact that, that art has. But putting it on the side of a building, I don't think it had ever been done before. Where, where, was, the, big where, where was the first whale? Uh, Laguna or, Beach. Oh, that was your first one? Yeah, Laguna Beach, and you know, everything, there's no accidents in the universe. Everything kind of came together for me. I found the perfect wall. I rented scaffolding for like a month, and I, I could only afford like the real cheap stuff that you have to push by yourself and you pile it on top. And so anyway, I just uh, painted a portrait of these two gray whales that I had seen 10 years previous in Laguna Beach. I first came to California when I was 14, and that was 1971. And when I went to the beach for the first time, I, I went right into the ocean and I came up and there were two gray whales and they spouted right in front of me. <laughs> Broke the surface. I mean, it looked, it was like looking at dinosaurs, Greg. And uh, it changed my life. And ironically, 10 years later, I painted a portrait of those two whales that I saw on the side of a building less than 100 yards away. And that was the first of the 100 ocean murals. And how many have you done now? 100. I said you, I would do You finished 100? Oh. Yeah, I painted the last one in Beijing for the Cultural Olympics. It must have been recent, right? Or Yeah, that was, uh, what, 2008 or so. Okay. So okay. I was the official uh, artist for the U.S. Olympic team. Yeah. So yeah. all the stars kind of lined up for me to do my last one in China. And the last and final 100 whaling wall, I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it about, in the spirit of the Olympics, passing the torch to the next generation. So I invited kids from all 212 Olympic countries to come and paint with me every day. And we painted nearly a mile long of giant canvases of saltwater and freshwater habitats. My investment, in, and you know this, has always been with young people. If we can share what we know and through art and science, we can inspire them to become ambassadors for the planet. And that was the goal. That was what I've always tried to achieve. You know, I want to tell your story as I've witnessed it, because I've, I've had the great pleasure to be with you on uh, several of your paintings that you and I worked on together. We had a, we had a concept to tell our listeners where we were going to go to some of the sites where I've been working out in the Pacific Islands right. and bring your skill set and combine the two. So, because I've been going there, you know, doing my policy, my science work, and I'd been working with the communities, but I hadn't really found a way to engage with the communities yet. And that's right. where you, you really helped me. So the first one was in Samoa. 
we did a little advance work and I had some connections like, okay, there's a museum and there's a wall. Right. So I said, what about paint? You said, oh, we'll get the paint there. We show up and I, and I remember that day I was a little like worried because we showed up and <laughs> it was kind of an old beat up building. Right. And there was a handful of, you said you needed kids. Right. And, I, and there was a handful of kids but everybody was kind of like at odds. No one knew what to do. There was a little bit including of, me, quite a bit of awkwardness actually in the air. Sure. And I was, I felt kind of responsible because I had sort of organized everything. But then you turned on your switch, man, and you said to the kids, you went, "Okay, kids, what did you say?" I, don't know. I was like the quarterback. I just got them all in a nice big uh, circle, and I said, "This is what we're going to do. We're going to work together. We're going to paint this entire mural. We're going to do it." really fast but, yeah you know and, and i always tell the kids if if you're working for free you got to work fast if they're paying you by the hour take like a year and a half yeah but anyway so i rallied them all together I and gave these them... kids you turned them in like a, they were like a like a football team yeah they were all sure. from a moment of like looking there kind of downtrodden and confused right suddenly you created this team yeah it was a lot of electricity i draw a lot of energy from painting with with kids you know and I always flash back to that moment when that art teacher told me I could be a great artist. So I've spent my entire life trying to mentor and inspire, you know, young people to to um, use their art to tell the message of conservation, you know, of protecting our ocean. And it's been that way from the very first wall all the way through to Hunter. To this day, I just remember the the tide turned, the energy emerged suddenly all these kids were so excited and, and, and we're in this kind of like, you know, rundown neighborhood right. with very few tools and, and you're running around and, and a kid's painting a crab and you're like encouraging them. That's sure. good. Absolutely. That's great. Another yeah. crab here, another crab it, it there. It might be a new species, Greg, yeah. that's never been discovered. <laughs> you know, with kids art, you kind of get that. Yeah. But you know, that's the beauty of children's art and Picasso tried to paint like a child his whole life. But the power of kids art uh, can't be underestimated. You know, and I would just say, you know, if we want to protect the environment today, Greg, let's talk to our generation. If we want to protect it for the future, we got to get these kids on board. And I've painted with over a million kids now. I count them, million one, million two, million three. Yeah. And every kid that, that participates uh, in that art, in those projects, uh, it stays with them. It never leaves their heart and their soul. And, and uh, they grow up with them deeper appreciation, that, that's the power of art. You look at these murals, and I've been there with you for two or three. They take a lot of work. It's a full workout for you up on the scaffolding. It's like yoga all day long. on a scaffolding. But, but somehow you're able to paint, I don't know how you do it, but you get the proportions just right. Now you gotta realize a whale can be up to 60, 70, 80, 90 feet long. And then you're like doing a line along its head, and somehow you have it in your, in your brain, mm. the proportions such that Again, you don't stencil it out ahead of time. You just do it freehand. Yeah. Well, we, we do a lot of research. I've yeah. studied whales uh, since I was a little kid, and I'm 62 now. And uh, we've done a lot of diving with whales. When I see a whale swimming in the ocean, I'm painting it in my mind's eye. And that will later reflect on the side of a building life size. So while I'm up on the scaffolding, Okay, I'm actually imagining the whale swimming across that building oh, okay. and I'm painting it as it goes by. That's how you do it, huh? Yeah, and I can also uh, have an out-of-body experience where when I'm on the scaffolding, 20 stories in the air, I can imagine in my mind's eye, my, my, my eye, bird's eye or whatever view, artist view, from across the street many blocks away. I can see that simultaneously. So all this stuff's kind of going on. And, and uh, I use myself as uh, 
kind of a ruler measuring because I don't do any preliminary drawing sketches. I, I create everything on the wall. And I'm like six foot, so you know, I just kind of measure it all up. I have a grid, but it's in my mind. And people watch it, like I've had billboard painters come up and watch me paint these. They go, you are not doing that. You know, you had to project that. Nope. No, I just I, painted, I, but I've done, done the homework, you know, spent uh, the time. That was going to sound like kind of a bit of a corny question, but I really want to know the answer I'm used to, to it. That. What, what, what is art? Art is life. It's a celebration of life. life. And art for me is nature. You know, because nature is what inspires me, what drives me. When I see the beauty in nature, I want to share it through my art. It's, you know, I'm driven to do that. And uh, when I was growing up in the early 70s with the first Earth Day and Greenpeace, Jacques Cousteau, I knew immediately that art could play a role. You know, obviously science is so critical, and, and I admire scientists. I wanted to be a scientist, but I was a pure artist since I was four. But what I do get to do is work with people like you, Greg, Sylvia Earle, I mean, a lot of great scientists around the world. And so I take everything I can learn and then I share it forward through my art, whether it's in a painting, a sculpture, or on a, a side of a building. So is art like for you the translation of the reality that you feel and see in your mind to paper, ink? Right. Because it's not an exact replica. You don't do realism. You do art you is do like an music, Greg. It's like yeah. a feeling. A feeling. You know, when you feel music deeply, yeah. or you go to the Louvre, or you go to MoMA and you, you see, uh, let's say, Van Gogh's Starry Night, it, it just gives you goosebumps. It yeah. moves you in some way. That's what great it's art does. Yeah, it's so that's the, the artist is always trying to get the feeling. The yeah. feeling that we have when we're experiencing either dreaming about, uh, immersed in the ocean realm, in my case, right, or right. Uh, you know, on a glacier in nature, or some artists can really uh, transmit that. In my case, I transmit it on a grand scale because I want yeah. it to be so impactful. You know, you got one chance to grab somebody, and I just want them to go. Like when I walked up to the bird's nest, okay, which is yeah. the Olympic Stadium in Beijing, from a mile away, as I started to walk towards it, the architecture, everything, it changed me. I went, oh my God. Yeah. So that really has inspired my next project, which is to do a hundred uh, public sculptures, giant monumental sculptures of all the great animals that are on the red list, the endangered species, threatened animals, saltwater, freshwater. I can imagine doing a sculpture of, say, a paddlefish. You're driving down the highway and you see a four or five story paddlefish in stainless steel and you go, you literally have to pull over. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my next mission in the next 25 years to do 100 monumental sculptures in 100 great cities. And by the way, Greg, uh, 10 of these will be underwater. You'll have to dive or snorkel to see them. The key to moving forward in our civilization and our society is the... Which sometimes isn't very civilized. It's not very civilized, but it's... it's but it's, it's kind of always been like that. Yeah. Well, I call it what we're in right now the ocean renaissance. Yeah. And I call and, it an environmental renaissance. And, you know, renaissance in French means rebirth. Right. And if you go back to the, the famous European renaissance, it's largely defined as a time when we rediscovered knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, information, uh, languages, and then we invented modern science. But most importantly, we created the first networks. Right. And they weren't electronic networks, they were roads. And they were the printing press. 
and they were the ability to exchange ideas across disciplines right. and across regions to then come up with a new synthesis for awareness of the world and the way to move forward. And I've learned from my scientific career that writing a science paper by itself may or may not have impact. May not be enough. But I can guarantee you, when you combine science with communication, more broadly speaking, art, and now in this case, art, then you begin to get this synergy right. between things, right? Mm -hmm. So you go to a place like we were in American Samoa, and I go there and I talk about the importance of the whales, the importance of the coral reef, and the kids will listen, some will be interested, some will fall asleep. But if you're able to reach into those kids that don't have you know, a scientific bent or even a knowledge bent, but they have that artistic flair, mm -hmm. that's where you come in. That's right. Well, and, we and have to come in together because the mastermind theory, uh, it's the one that really works for a wider audience because some people are very visual and it's uh, very powerful when art and science come together that way. So I, I remember when I'm painting and you're talking to the kids about the science of what I'm painting, it's magical and we need to it do is. more of it. It is. Greg, we need to do a lot and more And it of increases it. what I call lateral thinking, right? It's the ability to be focused on one subject here but see how it relates to these other subjects over here. And that was really the, the beauty and the effectiveness of the European Renaissance. And today, you know, oceanography, my discipline, has largely been out on its own for the last 30, 40 years. A bunch of nerdy people like me who study <laughs> crabs and starfish and jellyfish. Right. And it has relevance or it doesn't. But then when you bring in the art world, you know, it, it really has that, that, that very much that compounded that compounded impact. Well, art uh, dr drives critical thinking, and we need to keep it uh, alive in our, in our schools in America and around the world because, you know, I mean, I'm seeing art and music disappear, and it's alarming to me because uh, whether you're an artist and you use art, Greg, as you know, uh, art inspires a creative way to look at the world, to look at things. You know, we, we need all our students to, to yeah. have art in their life. Yeah. And it starts early. You're an artist. And usually you think about artists as being kind of soft guys or gals, mm -hmm. but you're a real guy guy, mm -hmm. you know, you know, well, you, I grew up in you, Detroit. You're, you're kind of a tough guy actually, but you have this ability to express yourself in very emotional feeling ways. Yeah. And uh, I think and the you're whole from, thing. And you're from Detroit. From Detroit. You're from far Detroit. Away you're from, from the ocean. You're from like one of the, the surrounded by centers. water. See. Yeah. Look at us shamelessly promoting my book, Water Signs. Yeah. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. This is easy reading. I wrote it. But there's there's some scale. Are on my that. eyes that blue? No. <laughs> no, they're not. That, that's a that's a that's a line out of Casablanca. Remember oh, that? really? Remember that scene where Humphrey Bogart's looking at his dossier? I think I remember the Germans that. Have, yeah. And he's going through it, making fun of him, going, "Are my eyes really blue?" Now, what did I write in there? I signed that for you. Oh, can you read? Great. Aloha, Greg, to great friend. And I want to make sure sea. he can read. Yeah, I can. No, and you've got a heart as big as this island, Wyland. You always have room for everybody and you, you reach out to those kids. You know, I think you're often looking for yourself in those kids. You're looking yeah, for, I see you, myself you, in them, You're looking for, sure. for that kid sure. that needs the encouragement that you got. Right. And I think it's kind of a numbers game with you, too. Out of the millions of kids that you talk to, you know that there's like a percentage that you're gonna change their lives. No doubt, and that's the investment that all of us should make. 
yeah. let's make it in our youth. If you're going to invest in anything, invest in education, uh, art education in my case, uh, inspiring the next generation to take care of the health of the planet. You know, we really I, don't have anything more important. I got to be that. honest. So you know, I search for kids because I, I was lucky. I had mentors. I I had the right mentors came along at the right time, and I gave everything man once i once i had someone that was showed some interest in right, me right. that had the knowledge base that i had i was like worshiping at their feet i would do anything for that knowledge and i'm not saying i want kids to worship at my feet by any means but i'm i i having a hard time today finding kids that have the drive it's like a lot of times kids today they kind of want it they want it easy they like want to have yeah i've seen some have, of that but i'm really encouraged by by the, the, the young people that I talk to and, and hang with. Yeah. Because I really see hope uh, in their creativity and... Are there any that you have in particular they, singled out and you're kind of working with, like on a There's a thousands of kids or, or, that I've seen, thousands. Yeah. They go, are you really, you know, having an impact on these kids? Well, I've done it for 40 years. I've painted with over a million, probably two million kids now. I have this mobile learning experience where the kids enter, as you know, as a drop of water. They go through the whole water cycle. I just really believe in our youth that, that they really are going to change the world. They're going to be world changers, but, but you've got to believe in them. You went to Samoa. You also came, thank you, to another place called Tarawa. Yes, I did. That was and amazing. Tarawa is one of the more, most remote places you can go to in the South Pacific. Tell me about it. It's in the Gilbert <laughs> Islands. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's a, uh, it's a developing, it's actually a least developed country. The, the resources there are very sparse, very scarce. Right. And we found a wall. It's on the side of the stadium at the National Sports Place. It was the only really big wall they had. Only big wall they had. I get excited about blank walls, Greg. And you got a vision, and it was so hot. I remember that, man. It's 110 degrees. I don't think I ever crazy. told you this. But you can have remember, a I, remember I kept saying, oh, I got to go do something. I got to go yeah. do something. I was just trying you to were get dying. out of the heat. Sure. I was no, so hot. I've had heat but you strokes. Stayed out, you stayed out all day long. Right. You were painting. You got the kids in there, and you made this beautiful well. You put the tuna in the picture. Mm -hmm. you we put told a story, some of the boats. You put three vacas, three canoes in the right. picture. And I want to tell you, when did we do that? That was about four years ago, three or four years ago? It's a blur well, now. Well, I was there last month, yeah. and the kids still remember you. Wow, no kidding. They remember that guy that came yeah. with your energy and your enthusiasm. And it's, it's a tough place, Tarawa. You know, there's 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 a lot of family that people have amongst each other. Right. There's like zero job opportunity there because the so future is not looking good with future the oceans rising. Is, future is bleak yeah. because of climate change and sea level. This this country is only about a meter above sea level, and because of the heating of the atmosphere, the sea levels are rising. So they got a lot of bad news, but that two or three days that we spent there. And them seeing you, you now you and I are called imatangs there, which is, I think here in Hawaii they call haole is the term, which is the non-native. They right. still remember that imatang, <laughs> which is you. That tagger. Who, who was outside all day long, focused, painting their culture on the side of this, this building. Right. And, you know, it's still in pristine condition. Long. I don't think there's any other place in the world where you wouldn't have had someone going up there and tag, you know, you know, graffiti in it We had or hundreds of it. kids come by and really ask a lot of questions and even in the most remote place on earth art can play a role. 
Yep. And I know you've been playing a role there for a long time. The president was amazing. I went there as kind of a sponge, which I've always been curious. I'm curious about learning about what's going on, you know, around the world and how it connects. You know, I understand we have one ocean. When I grew up, there were all these oceans, this ocean, that ocean. We have one ocean. I also understand that every drop of water on Earth has been here since the time of dinosaurs. We don't get any more. That's right. So if we mess it up, if we don't take care of it, shame on us. Let's stay with that idea about the ocean, because that's an important point. Sure. You're right. The, the oceans were divided up with different names historically. North Atlantic, South Atlantic, North Pacific, Which made South sense Pacific. At the well, time. it made sense at the time when people didn't know where they were most of the time. Right. So we, not arbitrarily, we picked basins to say, you know, okay, you're in the Atlantic we now, got now you're in the ocean Pacific. Now. But now that we've seen the whole planet, it is one ocean. Right. And we should have one name for it because it's one interconnected body of water with currents moving sideways, currents moving up and down. Most of the life on the planet is in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Most of the oxygen that we breathe, that you and I are breathing right now, comes from the ocean. Yet it's the most undervalued part of our planet still. Maybe the most valuable thing to the, the planet. The most valuable thing to the planet, right. but it's the undervalued most undervalued. because people don't don't see that. Am I too hopeful? I feel like we're at a tipping point. I no, feel I'm like hopeful too. I think you gotta be hopeful and I think you gotta have fun, you know? This whole conservation, this environmentalism, if you make it fun, it'll be more attractive to more people. Yeah. So you and I bring the fun well, part Well, you bring, you're really good I don't good bring the doom and gloom, and I don't think there's evil, uh, awful people. I see people, uh, big corporations, I see uh, all these people have to be on the same uh, wavelength, which is, hey, if seven and a half billion people, which is what we have right now, if they're all water wise, yeah. if they're all protectors and ambassadors for the environment, we have a real chance because we can, the matrix are that if everybody does a little bit, if everybody learns how plastic is destroying, you know, the, the balance of the ocean and it runs all the way up the food chain, we got a chance. So that's all with, we can't give up. We have to stay positive. We know we do and, and, and making it fun is important. And I think I always, you know, I tell young people when they always, you probably get the same thing. I get people asking me, okay, how do I, do, how do, I do what you do? What do we, and I always say, First thing, happiness is a very good compass. Yeah, it is. As long as like lying on the beach, uh, smoking pot, <laughs> isn't the kind of happiness you're thinking of. You, you, there, there has to as be- As long as you pick up your trash There's the gotta be out. a little bit of reality to yeah, it. Yeah, in, in for other sure. words, I try to encourage people to find a profession, find an activity that makes them happy. Right. And then that will be a reinforcing sure. uh, mechanism. Which you, is what we do. This what is I a did. hobby for us that, that turned into a career. Yeah. I mean, when you do something you love, I tell young people, you've reached the pinnacle of success. You're never gonna get any higher. Will you make more money doing something else? Yeah, but if, if, you're, if you're not happy, you know, do, do the math. If you're happy and you're doing something you love, the main thing I say too is if you have your health, your family and friends, you have everything, Greg. That's right. So try to seek out the things that you love and do that. But, but work hard at it. See, yeah. I have the Midwest. I grew up in Detroit. My parents were auto workers. I was raised by a single mom. I have real work ethic. I'm an yeah. artist that works seven days a week. Oh, I know you are, yeah. You know, and this yeah. is the 40-year anniversary of Weiland Galleries. We have a very successful uh, gallery, and more importantly, the Weiland Foundation, which you're on the board. Yeah, yeah. So, Sylvia, 25 years we've been bringing conservation through art.
Yeah. I'm very proud of that, but I think it's just the beginning. But I have a lot of hope with what's going on. What, what, the UN just became our official partner, the UN Environment, for the Wyland World Water Pledge. Congratulations. Where, yeah, where we're basically inspiring people in one minute to learn, learn how they can protect and uh, preserve and respect. Sylvia Earle added this, respect our water, because it's so critical to all life, including ours. So, and it's really nice, we can measure it. Yeah. So we can see what's going on in different regions around the world, and then people can sign on and say, yeah, I can do those little things, and it adds it up for them, and then it adds to the totals. You know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that all the water that's ever existed is still here, right? Yep. And, and we just keep re reusing it and recycling it. I'm trying to push a new definition of what the ocean is. I think the ocean uh, starts in the sea, right, and then uh, it evaporates up into clouds, but it becomes distilled and purified, right? right? So it leaves the salt behind, Good. goes up into the air, into the clouds, then the clouds drift over the mountains, it comes down the mountains, the water it cycle. flushes through sure. the streams, and as it flushes through the streams, it picks up some more salt, so the oceans are always getting saltier because of this process. So the ocean actually is that whole thing. It's the whole water there cycle. There isn't fresh and water. And there's only one there species, by the way, that is destroying the water cycle. It's us. That'd be us. It's us. Now, I want to say one word here for the first time and I've been thinking about this for 20 years. You know how plastic is such an issue. Yeah. It's the issue of our day. We need to, you know how they invented plastic? We need to uninvent plastic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna make that my slogan with you. We need to uninvent it. Yeah. So let's reverse, instead of inventing it, let's go the other direction. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, who would have guessed? It was first made in 1909. Right. What a what a fantastic invention of the day. It was sure. like, look at this stuff, it's cheap to make, it, right. it appears to last forever, and it almost does, but we got away from us. Well, here's the problem. And now it's you everywhere. should have been here back then to say, wait just a minute, what happens to this stuff when it ends up into the water, well, into the ocean, it starts breaking down over 50, 100 years? Well, how do we uninvent it? What, what, what's, the, what's the next well, step? Well, that's what we have to do. Yeah. You know how they invented it? Such a great idea. Now it's a great idea to uninvent it. I like that approach. Yes. Uninvent it. Uninvent plastic. When you walk through a room, the room's different from you walking through it. And when you walk through the world, the world has changed because you've walked through it. What's what's next? Well, what's I like working with you. I know you just interviewed Kelly Slater. Uh, you know, I've been a big admirer of, of what he does on the ocean realm. And uh, obviously, uh, Sylvia Earle, uh, Bob Ballard, uh, people like this, all, all the great people. Um, we are all united in this mission to inspire all seven billion people. We got to think big like Walt Disney right. did. We got to think as big as we can. But I think if artists and scientists and all of us, musicians like Jack Johnson, who lives right across the street, you know, his music's so incredible. He's such a really authentic environmentalist. We all need to work together for the big picture. Yeah, this, a this, big, this beautiful, this, healthy this, planet. This and we'll get there. I'm very optimistic we'll get there. Because we don't yeah. give up. Can I, can I ask you to do something for me? One of the things that sure. I'm, I'm uh, fast, absolutely fascinated by is your ability to see reality as we see it through our eyes and ears and whatnot. And then you translate, as you said, the feeling. I like that. You want me to draw I, something? I, would you please? I, and I, I, you, you do such a range of things. Okay, and, and, sure. And you, have, you do what I, I look I'm at. I'm going to do this one right-handed. Okay. Okay? Yeah, all right. All right. <clears throat> Just because I'm right-handed. All right, all right. Okay, you got it? Yeah, I got, I got it. All right, I got so it. here we go. This is right here yeah. in Hawaii. And for me, Greg, it's, it's all right here. It's the, the eye. But just with a few guy. lines. Yeah, few, this is what I love about this. I'm so fascinated by just a few lines. So that's a male. 
So again, I'm always thinking science, but I'm thinking about the turtles that I've seen swimming nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and every turtle in the world is identified right here. Uh -huh. These are like their fingerprints, these little, you know, markings on, on the, the backs of their heads that and the tops so of cool. their heads. Yeah, yeah. So you could go further, you know, you could obviously do more detail, but I think you like the simplicity of it. Well, I, I call it your minimalist view, and you can do the most complex three-dimensional things, right. but, but the, the way you capture the spirit of the turtle there, Oh man, I love it. There I you love go. It. Can you do a manta? <laughs> you love mantas. I love, huh? Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, if I could. <laughs> if you could do this, you wouldn't have to do this science thing. <laughs> no, just kidding. So the eyes right here, Greg. Yeah. As you know. So um, we've swam with these. Yeah, yeah. You and I've swam with these. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> look at this. Anyway, Amazing. The Wyland. That was look, great, look buddy. Let's, let's go surfing. This is, this is the beginning, okay? Thanks, it is. Buddy. The beginning. I love and you, man. Thank you, everybody. I really do. Thank, thank you. you. You too.